Food Junkie Radio, I think number eight or nine, something mm-hmm. like that. Polo Adamo, Ryan the Revac. Still here. We out here, imperfect foods or similar businesses like that. Continue on. You're reading and scoping the net, and then you came across some hate, hatred. Yeah, some hatred on the imperfect foods. You okay, know? so frame that. What is the imperfect foods or businesses similar to that? Okay, so imperfect foods is like a CSA box, which if you're not familiar with that, is uh, like a once a week or twice a week box with random fruit and vegetables you don't choose from uh, farms in your local area or wherever the CSA originates from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imperfect Foods and, and companies like it uh, specifically pick the fruits and vegetables that look ugly or don't pass that vision test for supermarkets and they market their their whole shtick is this got turned down by the supermarket and was going to be, you know, trash. Um, but instead, we're going to save it and sell it to you. And the way it came up is someone was on social media talking smack about it, saying, why why would I pay extra uh, for something that's not perfect? And, you know, it's not that it get thrown, it doesn't get thrown away anyway. It just goes to a different um, infrastructure need, like for livestock feed. So you're not really saving anything. And... I didn't post anything. I was able to withhold myself this time, and I just thought, who cares if you want to pay more for something that's not perfect? Because we got to pay the farm workers more anyway. Mm-hmm. And who are you to tell people what's what they want and not? Oh, jeez. What gives you that authority? People, it's just weird. The idea makes sense. It be crams. I mean, the way I've seen, I've read something like that. It becomes another outlet for fruit. Because you could only imagine there's so much, especially living in California. Yeah. There's a shit ton of produce. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're spoiled. Exactly. So that I think it's a cool idea, especially people that, you know, if it's available to them, they get it. I mean, yeah. and I agree with you. I think that is horrible that people have to down that. But in today's world, that's kind of what we're subjugated to. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, is able to speak their mind to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, and I think when people say that, you know, the debate opens up. That's why Twitter's there, Facebook. I mean, hopefully these things can continue yeah. to be these avenues for that. But, I mean, that's kind of idiotic. I'm thinking this. Why... Do grocery stores reject that? Because I have worked in a grocery store for a portion of my life, and I did notice with the produce department, I was like, they'll get their produce in, and it won't see the floor until three days later. Oh, really? Well, that long? Wow. Two, three days later. I'll be honest. Like yeah. I, I've seen it happen. I'm like, and then you'll go in, like say these places close at 9 or 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. and just go in one time, see the produce section. That shit is filled to the the tits. Like, it's full. That's true. With top-end produce. Like, what? Yeah. What is it doing there at the end of the day? Why we... How did we get to this point? Yeah. What happened to the whole, like... Oh, shit. What happened to the whole... Okay, the produce comes in. Early bird gets the worm. Mm -hmm. And then... I don't know what else to tell you until next harvest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's the expectation now that you can have anything whenever. Mm. Right? So, I mean... There's, there's positives and negatives to that. Obviously, one of the negatives is that the produce company or that the stores keep out all this fruit and vegetable. And they, in order to have everything at any time, they have to have it stored behind, which means you're not getting it on day one. No. You just can't because they, they have to rotate, which, you know, I'm a hippie yes, and, I, and I believe in the farmer's market and I believe in shortening supply chains when you can. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just at Safeway today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the farmer's market didn't have everything I wanted this week and whatever. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I walk into it knowing what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. 
And if, uh, I don't know, if Safeway was out of something, whatever. Got to adjust. Then you just make it happen. What is the biggest difference between produce coming from the farmer's market versus produce in a grocery store? To you. To me, I would say the difference is, one, I like to um, shorten the supply chain because I want to know or at least meet the person growing my food and cause, so I can get the vibe of them. Like, are they the person who cuts corners or are they the person that has knowledge and goes the extra step? And I think that's something you can only get by talking directly to the supplier. You know, uh, a distributor is always going to talk of their product and never mention the cons because mm-hmm. that's their job. That's what they're supposed they're, to do. They're yeah. buy and sell only. They didn't grow it, mm-hmm. so they don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk to the grower and you can see their eyes light up when they talk about it. You're like, oh, wow, you really care. You have good knowledge. And then, and you learn. I learned stuff from talking to them, too. Like uh, the mushroom lady was like, hey, did you know you can take king oyster mushrooms and rip them apart with a fork like pulled pork mm-hmm. and toss them in barbecue sauce? And you can have – and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I tried it. And I had vegan pulled pork mushroom. Pulled pork mushroom. Yeah. And I was like, I never would have done this. Never, that never would have crossed my brain. But, you know, they're like um, a little knowledge library that gets added to and taken away, but for just mushrooms. Yeah. Or like the apple stone fruit guy knows everything about stone fruit because people come to him with their cool ideas and he, and he reciprocates them, them back back out mm-hmm. like you don't go to the flower person and tell them oh you want to hear what i did with grapes the other day yeah. they're gonna be like i guess I but like fuck. no one's gonna ever ask me yeah. about that yeah. you know so yeah, yeah and you know i want to lower the co2 emissions for traveling and stuff and distributors all take their cut and i want the grower to have as much of the money as possible so that they can pay their workers better so that we as a as a community can get better. Mm-hmm. I don't want my money getting siphoned off by some big corporation that doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. Not hating on the big corporation for being big. Hey, you did a good job. That's fine. Be big. Yeah. Doesn't mean I have to help make you bigger or not, you know. Vote with your dollar. Vote with your dollar. I know. I say it all the time. Hey, everything the I everything I do come back to vote with your dollar. I mean, in all honesty, it like you said, you went to Safeway. Because mm-hmm. we have that option, and mm-hmm. that's what's cool about having both. Yeah. But in the same light, you know, having farmers markets and putting people on to the idea of meeting the people that you know grow these things and having that connect because those are, there's farmers markets everywhere in Sacramento. Yeah. And there We're was spoiled. a time. We're yeah. spoiled. Well, of course, being in in California for one is mm-hmm. tremendous, but also having these farmers markets pop up everywhere. I mean, these things have been around since I could remember, at least when I first moved here, I, I remember going to the under the bridge one. For the Sunday ones, they've yeah. been there forever, forever. So, and they're only spouting up more. You see them in different parts yeah. of the suburb. Now they're doing them in parking lots. I yeah. mean, it's getting there. The amount of people I think, and you consider everybody in the area, I'd probably say a small percent of less than 5% of people actually go to the farmer's market. Unfortunately, I hope it's more than that. I would hope so too, but yeah. you could just go sheer on numbers alone. You're yeah. like, yeah, of course it's not that many. You're not waiting in line to go talk to your m- mushroom person. That's true. Not you for more than like a minute or two. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but maybe that's uh, the farmer's markets were there before supermarkets. Yeah. It'd be nice to see farmers markets be the primary source mm-hmm. and supermarkets be that supplement basically like, the reverse the trend oh it, this wasn't there mm-hmm. this week i do need it for whatever i don't care what your reason mm-hmm. is you need something you get whatever you want yeah you know but like 
why don't you look to maybe the more local, maybe slightly more expensive option? Mm-hmm. And if you can do it, great. And if you can't, you supplement Adjust with a different store. Yeah. At least the chain of command goes that yeah. way. That would make sense. I mean, I'm just, I'd be, and this goes back to the time traveling shit. I want to know when that switched. Because obviously it mm-hmm. was only, okay, I'm Well, gonna at go some to point it would have had to. Yeah. Yeah, because supermarkets didn't out. always exist. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, when I worked at that supermarket, I was like, Looking at the produce, I was like, the produce is amazing. The way they set it up, it looks amazing. Everything's like immaculate. It's like, yeah, almost to the point where it's like, uh, not, it's not appealing to yeah. me. Cause to it, you, it comes like, oh, this is just like a, a stand. Like this is yeah. a photo, photo op. Yeah. Like this isn't. I'm but looking for the, bruised apples. I'm looking for you expectation. Know? That's the expectation of like the common diner when they go out to eat expects perfection, which is cool. And like, I, I I'm down to reach for it, you know, but you got to realize like natural things don't grow perfect Mm -hmm. and that's and by you know going to the grocery store like i know the fruits and vegetables i got are a couple days old and i know that they don't have all the nutrients which my hippie brain is like no i want those nutrients but i don't know i guess i don't have that but that comes back to the imperfect foods thing is not everyone has access to the farmer's market not you know and so like what do you do and here here's a company that will send it to you you don't even have to go to the farmer's market which now in the covid protocols protocols is probably even better it's like come straight to you you get a little choices uh but yeah it makes you be a little bit more creative about what you're doing because the food isn't you know the perfect carrot that's this and exactly maybe it's all wonky and like how do you deal with that where do you think the food industry i mean at least in restaurants let's just single out restaurants for a second like because there are restaurants that will gladly opt out to take any produce and make magic out of that because the mm-hmm. talent's there. But then there's also restaurants that are like, nah, I need every piece perfect. needs to be perfect. Yeah. And I think maybe is it, I'm assuming it's evolution then where, you know, to raise the prices, you know, somebody of the expertise is going to, you know, take like a porter will take the time out to go through every single piece of produce and make sure this is the right shit and return shit at will. Mm-hmm. Where there's some restaurants where it's like, oh, fuck it. You know what? I'll take yeah. that bottom bin. You know, I go yeah. to the farmer's market the last hour. I take that. I make magic out of that. And yeah. it's like both are necessary evils, and it's almost like yeah. part of the balance of it. Um, I think we're a lot more on the second part of that. I think from my experience working, and especially fine dining, is, yeah, we get cases of whatever. And you go through it, and you know, okay, this plate needs perfect let's just stick with carrots needs that perfect straight carrot for this plate to look exactly Mm -hmm. and maybe not every carrot in the case looks like that but you pick out and you sort based on oh figs is a great example of this Mm -hmm. okay when you get a base we would go through and be like all right these figs are too ripe these are underripe leave them they're fine and these ones are perfect and we'd go through and separate them during our little meeting Mm -hmm. and you use the ones that are perfect for the presentation and you use the ones that are maybe overripe or that get overripe Mm -hmm. You use them in a different way. Maybe you make a jam out of it and you run a special or your charcuterie plate, you put that jam on there for a few days. Mm-hmm. And so you just repurpose it in a way where the the visual presentation of the fruit can be manipulated in a, in a way that you don't have to see the whole fruit. Yeah, for in it to a look different nice. way and still yeah. get the whole idea And I out. think that's kind of – I think overall that's really becoming more popular for chefs to be more creative and have to use not the best and make it still look mm-hmm. good. That needs to be in your in your tool belt for sure. Yeah. Cuz especially think, when you're yeah. starting out, you don't have the, the supplier money. relation nope. to demand you the get best all stuff. Bottom shit. You get you get what you get cuz <laughs> yeah. that supplier doesn't need you. Yeah. You know. 
See, and that's so. weird. There's always going to be a chain of command there, and it almost like speaks to everything we were already talking about. Like, there's levels to the game, mm-hmm. and there's levels in those levels, and those levels, and those yeah. levels. Because I find it fascinating. It's like, yeah, it's two schools of thought that uh, have to coexist, uh, rightfully so. Now, preference wise, yeah, I think having direct contact to you know growers, I think would be legit. And I think to be honest, maybe, and you know, taking it to current times, maybe something like this allows those businesses to kind of you know. Uh, get into the limelight a little bit, especially mm-hmm. people that are shipping yeah, direct. Great. You know what I mean? So you're mm-hmm. kind of Xing out the middleman to some degree, trying to get your product in the people's hands. And hopefully that can create, you know, communication things because I think, and we always talk about this, I think the everyday person should have some level of knowledge of yeah. food. I think if you consider the era that we just got out of where it's like, okay, we were all mostly public school kids um, for the most part, unlike some people. Yeah, you know, private school people. But even then, the food isn't like fucking top notch. No, you know what I'm saying. So it's like okay, still had the pizza with the cube pepperoni. Thank you. Cube pepperoni, hey, that's, that's dang. Dude, love, it. love it, love it, love it. But that also puts a strain on you know our palate yeah. and our minds because mm-hmm. you know that shit ain't good for you, and you yeah. know the way that the shit that you know, and being conscious of that going into the next era is yeah. almost like okay, vote with your dollar. Can yeah. we shift the way culture works? And who mm-hmm. are the factors in there? Because when we talk about like, yeah, we just all of a sudden moved to this way of, uh, you know, produce being picked out this way. And how did, you know, grocery stores get to that point? Was it people's demand or was it, you know, um, purveyors trying to, you know, skew the lines of profit? Like, what is it? Because I'm fascinated by that because I'm pretty yeah. sure most grocery stores used to be. Here's today's produce. Yeah. Boom. Because, I mean, you know, Asian markets operate More like that More closer to, to, like, the corner markets on, like, San Francisco and stuff exactly. that you see. Yeah. Where it's, there's not space for a Safeway mm-hmm. or TJ Yeah. Where do we often. go big box? Uh, where do we yeah. go uh, big, big companies? I know? think it's uh, definitely public demand. But I think what you have to do is go one step further. And what decides the public demand? And how does the public demand get decided? And I think largely today it's social media and the you know the influencers, which you know. What do you what, what do you think it was before? Uh, this, before that might that, be today, but what do you I think, think it was before? Um, I think it was still social. Like I think TV. it was still the demand, but what made it that way? Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. What used to be social media was like TV, and mm-hmm. what you see is most popular, is what is most common across the large group, and people want to see the perfect. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants perfect without having to do the work, right? So. Maybe it's the fault of like Food the, Network and yeah. shit, because they're yeah. the motherfuckers that be over there in the in the you know. Oh, we're gonna come to the produce store and like, here's what you're looking for. Here's what you want. You want the best stuff, and yeah. then slowly over time, so everyone's like, like well, well, I want the best. The best. Shit. Yeah, and there's only so much of the best. Yeah, naturally. Mm-hmm. So now all the growers, you know, they resort to GMO, and mm-hmm. which I'm not really against GMO anyway, mm-hmm. but you know, they resort to like pesticides mm-hmm. to make sure all that survives because profit margin like if you're gonna spend seven dollars to make something Mm -hmm. and you have a chance at losing half of it Mm -hmm. but you only have to pay like an extra dollar fifty for to get that whole yield you're gonna pay the extra dollar fifty you're gonna get that warranty yeah for sure yeah because as soon as you pass it off you know it's not your problem Mm -hmm. once you get it to where you need to get it to to pawn it off after you that's it that's not my my problem anymore now i just go back and you know but then that happens so many steps in a row and then now we're where we are more today where it's like milk says no rbst yeah which i learned recently that was only because of social pressure yeah that that changed Mm -hmm. i didn't i you know as a kid i just read it i was like whatever and read it erase rbst yeah yeah but yeah that happened only because the demand was no we don't want additives 
That's what I'm saying. Are there like maybe like town hall meetings on this? Or uh, I've never seen no voting measure on anything food. No. You know what I'm saying? I'm like recently, recently there was something about um, just on the last ballot there was something about taxing farms and all the small farmers were against it. I know I voted no on it. It was something that was going to... I voted no on most of that shit. Yeah, well, I'd never give the state money because I believe they have enough. Fuck and yes, I've seen especially way, in California. I'm not saying every government employee is lazy, uh, but I have seen my fair share working within just the city government of people that are, you know, I don't want anyone to not have money or not have their needs, but at the same time, if I'm paying you, I expect work, you know, work Thank units you. to come out. I agree on that same note. Government entity I, in California just like specifically. If is you buy private. something, you expect to get your value out of it. Mm-hmm. Your tax money, you should expect value from it. But that's the problem, though, is because we give it willingly, and then they mm-hmm. dictate how it works. And yeah. No questions asked. It's not like they vote. And what do you guys think about what we do? It's not like yeah. we audit them. I mean, you know, it's going. Well, we audit them, them, and we're getting a little political here. Hey, and I'm going to stop myself. This, but we audit. You audit the government through your votes. Yeah. Exactly. But, but people then not everybody don't accept votes, that way. And people and not don't everybody vote with vote. their dollar. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't vote, I just don't want to hear it from you. And that's, honestly. that's a good point. Yeah. Because you, you voted by vote, not voting. But anybody that doesn't vote is like, takes the notion of, well, I'm just going to do what I do and try to improve things. So that's why it's it's yeah. a, a very big scope in terms of the talking points. But uh, I was trying to think where I was going with it. Yeah. So basically social pressure and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what – is maybe in today's world going forward, if you are in agreement that maybe it is social media and you do look at kind of what YouTube, Twitter, Instagram kind of does, because food is now... It's I'm, wild. I'm not saying it's now it's wild, but it was crazy back then, in my opinion. I think mm-hmm. with Food Network and kind of that whole deal, everything got off of public access, yeah. became network. Now it's like most people post about food to some degree. Oh, for sure. So I don't know if this is kind of like the... Uh, the adolescent stage of food knowledge maybe oh, we're in the teenage man. stage That'd be it's, like, cool. it's a lot of stuff we're like okay cool yeah. you get a lot of different looks um everything looks great and you get a lot of different opinions which i think is great both from workout people to homemakers to uh, professional chefs i mean everybody's kind of shifting um you know kind of how food yeah. is talked about almost Almost too much in a lot of ways, but it's yeah. a good thing I think. At the end so of the much day. that like false information gets passed around now. True, but see that people what's get caught lost in a small detail that yes. turns out to be insignificant. True, but what is false yeah. information? Yeah. Because it's with hard food, to decide. So subjective, so subjective. Yes, and it affects everybody differently. It does physically, emotionally. Because mm-hmm. you, you do grasp at kind of like if you've arrived at the point where your principles of how you treat food or everything that involves, you know, your upbringing and, and what you've come to believe up until this point. And I think for everybody else that may have not had, you know, those kind of experiences mm-hmm. today's world, it allows you to go into rabbit holes of people's, you know, feeds and channels. And, you know, I've, I've yeah. watched, I watch food, you know, to some degree every day, however it plays out. I, I follow oh, a lot sure. of different things and perspectives and ideas are Full and plenty. And I think mm-hmm. that that hopefully that continues to be at least part of the narrative in a small part. Obviously, there's more things going on in the world. But for me, and I've talked to my brother about this, it is fascinating in American culture that that is the one thing that people aren't really like in tune with, per se. Like, yeah. and this is generally speaking, I'm not saying for everybody, but it's very vague in in what their food beliefs are or how they make choices because it's kind of like oh well i mean you know i just kind of do this i don't really care i don't like that out of anything in the world the one thing you put in your body you don't want to give a fuck about yeah 
and it doesn't have to be the most important thing, but yeah, I think I would say most people realize a microwave pizza is not as good for you as like a pizza you buy from some local place. Good point. Okay, who has better? Okay, what's the most? What's your take on how pizza works? Given from big business roundtable, Domino's, blah blah blah, to small pizzerias, uh, traditionally and new, and then microwave, uh, DiGiorno's. DiGiorno's what, what's yeah. your take? Well, you know, I mean, there's a place for everything. Okay. You know, I took a nutrition class. Best thing I ever did okay. was end up magically by accident in this nutrition class. And the guy said the best thing ever. He's like, everything in moderation. Mm. And use your common sense because you know, you inherently know what's good for you and what's not. Mm-hmm. And it's true. If, if you realize that whole fruits and vegetables and as raw as you can get it to, to being complete shorting shortening that chain from raw to complete mm-hmm. the most you can you're going to end up with more nutrients Winning. that's mm-hmm. just a fact mm-hmm. you know whereas DiGiorno I'm not saying it's bad it, I had one the other night tasted mm. dank it was mm. awesome mm. I throw extra stuff on it just because oh. I'm extra uh, yeah, you, you know are. I can't help myself yeah, of course but like there's nothing wrong with it mm-hmm. but you can't eat it five days in a row sure. or once a, you probably shouldn't even have it once a week nope once a month as a and treat. DiGiorno, you're sending that money off to somewhere where it's not staying in your local community. Here's oh, the hippie coming back out again. Hey. Whereas if you go to a local bakery that makes pizzas, mm-hmm. you know, they are, you know that they have a supply chain in place with the local farm mm-hmm. that they're getting their flour from. Or they know, you know, we're lucky in Sacramento, we have a great produce company mm-hmm. who gets great local produce. All you have to do is pick up the phone and restaurants can call and get it. Yeah, easy. Easy. Um so you're getting more whole fruits and vegetables, and when you eat it, it just it tastes better. Biggest and difference between like a round table Domino's and I'm what the construction the of their pizza versus yeah. well, they're getting more advanced now too. Mm-hmm. You know, I just learned uh, today that Little Caesars makes its own dough, which I don't even I can't believe that they're making their own dough and still selling pizza for what five dollars, hot and ready or whatever. Really? You know? Have they yeah. been traditionally? I guess they've been dough? doing that forever. Yeah, I want to say there's a couple. I want to say. Little Caesars might have been one. I might say there might be another company that's not like yeah. a big, big chain, but I, I know, know I know which one you're there. talking about. I can't think of it. Yeah, name right. Either. Okay, it's See? like a Mountain Mike's ish or like, like that. a yeah, something like that. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, pizza is great because making the dough is only a couple ingredients, so it's enticing for big, big business because you can buy profit margin so large amounts, you can make your profit margin back, and it doesn't require all the skill in the world, especially if you use a couple additives into the dough mm-hmm. that make it more stable. Um, but, you know, my hippiness comes out and I want to buy local and yeah. keep the money in my community or, you know, every once in a while, maybe once in a blue moon, make it myself. Yeah. You know, because it's not that hard. It is not it's that not. hard. That's the secret with every food thing. Nothing not that hard. is that hard. But it takes time. But to get perfect mm-hmm. requires practice. Time, But effort, to get it practice. just... Just to make a pizza. To make it edible? To make it edible is not that hard. A couple hours. But it's not going to be perfect. No. But But if you want perfect, go to the bakery then. Go to the bakery. Go to the local pizzeria. But I want convenience, Polo. I want convenience. Well, you know, how do you do that? How does the local, maybe what we're asking is how does the local place make it more convenient and not have to spend too much money. Ah, see, I think that's why I go back to my, this is adolescence maybe for food industry or food culture where the the access to information about food is readily available. Maybe our local food markets like the Sunday one will be seven days a week in the next years. 
And it's it'll be like the markets in Europe, yeah, that are famous for just every day. Every day, yeah. You just walk through. Oh, and I love those. That would be awesome. I, I would, I would those. love that. I love those. I remember I was in yeah, Vietnam, I bet, Philippines. I would same place shit. this bet now. Mm-hmm. If we had a seven day a week local food market, mm-hmm. I bet Sacramento as a community, mm-hmm. our health metric would go up tenfold. I can see that. I can see that. It's true. Better than what it is now, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But then we're also Sacramento. I mean, downtown, yeah. you could make a case for that. But then the outlying areas in the suburbs, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little tougher. You know, big box yeah. businesses definitely dominate. Yeah. People well, yearn they have the space. for it. They have the space. That's true. Yeah, they yearn for the convenience. But maybe mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to find some way to convince people that, yes, it's convenient. Mm-hmm. But spend more time on you. Yeah. And maybe maybe working from home will allow people to have more time for themselves. That's the Maybe hope. this is a blessing in disguise. That's what I'm thinking. Because I am curious what's going to happen to all these big office buildings that these companies realize they don't need. Mm-hmm. So what do they turn into? That's what I'm saying. Do they get demolished? Do they get repurposed? Or those food halls? Or, or we'll talk or, about grocery big, or not uh, big farmer's markets. I mean, uh, who's it? Todd English, Batali before his whole ordeal. They had those big european style like, like italy yes yeah. like all the departments of a mm-hmm. grocery store that's just what it comprises of yeah. you know what i mean that'd be great who knows i don't know if that ever makes it here but that'd be yeah amazing I convenience think. is great you know but sometimes it you have to realize there's a cost for everything true and you, whether you're paying up front for that convenience with your dollar or, or you pay for it later with your health mm-hmm. you know which sounds a little eccentric but I think you have you, a point there. You do, though. Yeah. You do. Because you, you, know you get in the, the groove of it being yeah. convenient. Yeah. And you on stop top at of that, the McDonald's on your way home. These things are made to be addictive. Yeah. They Once add stuff to them. you get fast food in your belly, like, yeah. it's like crack. It's the yeah. same thing like how coffee kind of becomes, at least with the bigger businesses, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Caffeine is a well-known, you know, like, it's, you could definitely get addicted to caffeine. And it's oh, just in, a, sure. in that. And now you add the idea of... Here we go. Let's do all this other fucking addictive shit. Eh, I mean, you know, and I'm that's my hippie side talking. But I mean, it's a necessary evil. And I think these things have to be all out there because there are a lot of people that like it, of course. But there are a lot of people that are willing or are understanding that that isn't mm-hmm. the best shit. But in circumstance, it can be. So it is shifting culture. Like you said, people working from home now. People have more time. Maybe there is a realization. Maybe there is some slow shifting thing because i mean honestly i mean in the fucking five ten years conversation about food might be something totally different and I, I mean, it was and, different two years ago yeah so i'm thinking that's just what food is going to be i'm, I'm yeah. excited to see what happens but yes on that note bringing yeah. back to like the whole we hope it goes the way thing. we want it to. <laughs> we really do yeah, i mean because yeah. only because living here and this is only specific to here i, don't, I can't speak on any other you know fucking uh state I've been mm-hmm. to a couple of different states, uh, and I know certain things have different produce out there, but being in California specifically, yes, there's a lot available here. Um, but it is odd that you don't see just like an open, you know, open air market, especially yeah. given the weather. Like you would think in our, just in be our area. Yeah, there'd just be one yeah. seven days a week. I mean, we don't really encounter crazy, you know, fucking weather ever. Yeah. And so. we're still in a drought, as far exactly. as I'm concerned. Yeah. We've been in a drought this whole time. We're still pumping out yeah. the produce. Thank you. And it's still there. It's still there. Know? Can only imagine. Okay, moving on. Uh, $15 minimum $15 or $15 minimum, uh, minimum wage. wage. What is about that it? California or is that statewide? I, 
I don't know what minimum wage is right now in California. Okay. I think it's going to end at 15 or $18 an hour or something wild. Like end as in that's your max yeah, I out? Think they're, I think they're <laughs> incrementally moving it up okay. to allow the businesses to try and adjust and keep up over time. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know. I could – minimum wage to me is dumb. It should be low because minimum wage is a minimum skill job. Boom. And – you know, I know it sounds harsh because a lot of people live on minimum wage, mm-hmm. but I guess what you have to think about is what should minimum wage pay for? Mm. I think minimum wage, a minimum skill job should allow you an apartment of small size, enough food to, to be okay, mm-hmm. you know, not eat lavishly and still have enough time to be working on getting higher education to move up okay you know uh, i don't think that you should be comfortably living on minimum wage Mm -hmm. because minimum wage implies that you're giving a minimum to society Mm -hmm. so you shouldn't be comfortable with minimum effort minimum everything you should be pushing in your extra time to get better to maybe get to that median wage Mm -hmm. or the maximum wage. continue to grow and build so not I think stay at that. I don't think I'm the either. typical California belief on that. Mm-hmm. Um, where does know, the where does the argument for it come from? If you're, I think with, minimum I wage. I, mean, I, I really think FDR said what minimum wage should be mm-hmm. back in the day, and I think it was like if one person should be able to have a home and a and a family of four on minimum wage. And maybe that was appropriate for their time. But, you know, we've advanced as a society and there's just more things that have to get done Mm -hmm. because there's more people. Mm -hmm. So you can't progress if everyone's comfortable and we have to keep progressing Mm because, you know, there's clearly so many problems. So people shouldn't be comfortable. Yes. I'm not saying you can't ever do anything you want, but, you know, if you have no drive to to progress, that's on you. Mm hmm. But I don't want to be paying for you to be sitting there chilling while I'm going crazy working as hard as I can. Yeah. Giving you yeah. a I'm not saying I give more money. to society than you. True. But if I, you know, I like to use the term work units. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much one work unit is. But it's just an idea of like, if I do this much work per day and you only do X amount, I should make more money than you. Based on for, the efforts I'm doing. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm contributing more. Couldn't say more, especially in the restaurant biz. Because yeah. I remember this narrative coming out earlier, like, you know, the early rumblings of the $15 uh, minimum wage. And I'm like, that's crazy. Because, you know, back in the days, I was like, shit, I had to work. You know. I made eight ninety, And that was above minimum wage in yeah. my first job. I was high paid. <laughs> and, and I was li- watching people's lives. Yeah. Which I was a lifeguard, okay? I'm not yeah. going to say I was a hey. paramedic who hey, could save some. You could have saved lives. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I was, and I was still with it. 16. Yeah, because you knew you weren't going to stay there. Yeah. So that's yeah. what's interesting about the argument because I remember that coming out in the the first early talking points, especially from people within the industry. Uh, obviously, workers were like, yeah, hell yeah, we deserve mm-hmm. that shit. And then everybody on uh, management ownership's like, oh, that shit's going to tank our business. Yeah. Well, it's just like, well, okay, well, two of you are disappearing then because mm-hmm. I can't afford it. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like people just forget when minimum wage goes up, it's not like the cost of living stays the same. No. 
Everyone always complains, oh, my rent's going up. Yeah. You know why? Because minimum wage went up. Yeah. Because you know why? Your landlord has to pay more for their electrician guy mm. that they keep on duty. Everything goes up. That you expect. All mm. these expectations you have of everyone around you, mm. all their costs went up. So where do they get it? They get it from you. Mm-hmm. So the dollar, the dollars that you make shouldn't go up. The dollar power has to go up. Mm-hmm. That's how we... I don't know how you do that. That's an economics question that... That stuff. That's our next I, show. I think at some point <laughs> I will understand. I never understand. No, I'm it. not no fucking economist. Yeah. I mean, with the amount of people, the amount of people I know that are economists, and I still don't understand, yeah. is just like Econ I don't get how you guys wild do it. shit. I don't get it. I mean, in terms of the restaurant biz, I mean, I I never thought that this was the industry to make money. I mean, you don't go in wanting to make like boatloads of money because that's always subjected to the person. But the craft itself is the key point, and the effort that goes in. I mean, and that's some like fucking movie thinking type shit. But in reality, you go in there, you know, to grow your skills and to be mm-hmm. competent and to pass knowledge down through that. How you get paid, and that's going to be more or less to each ownership, obviously on you know, you know, revenue coming in and all that shit. But that's just it. it when I always hear the the minimum wage argument, it, it just seems to me like the only place that's more or less relevant is going to be restaurants. And then big box stores. Yeah, that's the only two places. I don't really see any other yeah. businesses like yeah, man, minimum wages. Like, yeah. It's only really restaurants and you know retail essentially. Yeah, because I, you know, I, no matter what way I go about this, someone's gonna get their feelings hurt. Hey, that's what but like a, a retail worker who I if I go into um, Target, Target, perfect, mm-hmm. and I go in and I see someone stocking the shelves, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, like yeah, you're working. You know, I'm not saying that you're not working. No. But you, effort, though. but that's middle. Are you really? Yeah. Did you have to go to college for that? Did you like, have to go to specialty school? Did you even that? have to go to elementary school for that to you put something to. on a shelf? Don't have I mean, to. honestly, don't have to. Does that? You know, and I'm not saying that you're not working or whatever. You don't I'm have not to have saying more knowledge to do it. It's just like, that is a. I task would invite you to go to any other job that you think should that you should be getting paid more than, mm-hmm. and see if you can do it. Because mm-hmm. I promise you, if you came and tried to be a cook, which I do believe cooks should get paid above minimum wage. I agree. You you ninety percent of people can't do it. No, most people can't. I tell people all the time. They're like, "What's it like to work?" I'm like, "Come come try it. Yeah, come try it." And oh no, I can't stand can't stand all day. Or Eight. people just hear about my day and they're like, "How?" I'm like, "I there's it, no how. You just it, do it. You just do it because you know what? I'm enjoying myself mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. And just because I enjoy myself doesn't mean I should get paid less. Mm-hmm. But it does take some amount of skill to to move that way and to like you know. I'm, yeah. Uh, I was just joking with my cooks recently. We took a break, which we were like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Everyone always complains about like, oh, I need to get my break. I'm like, fuck your break, dude. That's what I'm saying. When I remember yeah. when that was incorporated into, you know, yeah. kitchen workforce, it was like, nope, you have to do mandatory yeah. hour. You got to stay away. And it's like. Yeah. And I'm the type of person, I don't I, even want the break. Because yeah. honestly, if I stop, I, it's hard for me to get restarted. Get back in the rhythm. Now, I think cooks should get breaks because if that's the law, that's the law. Yeah. But, you know, they're. There, people don't understand that so many of these laws pertain. Everyone, when people think of the minimum wage worker, they don't think of the restaurant worker. They think of like the retail worker, mm-hmm. which is yeah, you can get up and walk away from the floor for thirty minutes because those gets boxes get stacked now or exactly. thirty minutes from now they're still there. There's product on the floor. You're There's fine. still yeah, it's yeah. fine. But you know when it, our cooks just gonna walk off the line for thirty minutes and yeah. be like. 
and diners just be chill. Oh, 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 the kitchen's on break. It's all right. I'll sit here for a half hour. Exactly. No, you will not. No. And then everyone's like, well, do it before you open. Okay, so then when do I get all my stuff ready for you? Yeah, exactly. Well, you have them come in earlier. Okay, wh- where's that money coming from? Thank you. Well, well, you just got to love what you yeah. got. So, so what you're saying is the owner is not allowed to take a break. Mm-hmm. That's what you're. That's what someone has to eat shit. Someone has to eat shit, and I'm down with it being the owner. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, because you're you the one the taking the chance. Yeah. You know, you should be loving it, but the owner shouldn't have to kill themselves either. No. Or, or the owner should get to decide how much people. Are, we're gonna get real crazy. Hey. I believe in the free market, okay? Boom. But that's because I believe you have to vote with your dollar. Mm-hmm. So you know, you go to the restaurants that treat their workers well. Yeah. But you got to pay that price. That my thing is food. I don't know how you feel about this, but it seems like food is definitely underpriced. That it horribly, horribly, right? Am I wrong I, in saying that? I like, would say for the average person, they're looking. When they see themselves spend fifteen dollars for one meal for themselves, mm. they're thinking that's like the double dollar sign on Google. That's crazy. Which I, because that's what Adamo's is. It's two dollar signs. Wow. And out of four, so you're telling me I'm half as expensive as like Gary Danko. Jeez Louise. Which is a hundred dollars a person. Exactly. For the lowest thing they do. Uh, so what is a one 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 is fast food only. Fast food only. But why? Why is fifteen dollars? That's two dollar signs. That's one. That should be one. Because if you think, let's go to the rule of thirds. Which, if you don't really know about it, uh, one third of your meal price goes to food. One third goes to the employees, and one third is for every other expense. Mm-hmm. Which no one can do thirty three percent on any of those things. It's mm-hmm. always above that, mm-hmm. and it always comes out of the owner's pocket. Yep. That's like. I don't know, dirty little secret. Is it a secret? Maybe it just makes sense now that you've heard it. People know that when they go into industry. I mean, that's so, it's just so many moving parts. Yeah. So let's say they are only allowed to spend five dollars on all their well, and then people are like, well, they can buy it in such bulk. But do you want them buying in yeah, so much bulk? Because exactly. buying in bulk means you're not having it that same day. That's what I'm saying your zucchini on Friday right. will be from Monday. Yeah. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. Because with the chain of supply, mm-hmm. it's probably really from. A week and a half ago that yeah. it came out the ground. Even more so, yeah. Yeah. You know, before it finally, five days later, it gets to the restaurant, and they prep it, and then maybe that day one, they use some of that, but really, they're prepping for three days, yep. three which days is ahead. common. But then you're demanding that you have the freshest stuff, Yeah. but you want them to spend $5 or less yep. at the cheapest. Because you want top-notch shit at $15, because that mm-hmm. is a 2 And you think that's sign. lightweight expensive to spend $5 on your food that's product. Saying. Culture, yeah, and then $5, five dollars culture, on yeah. all the work that went into it. Well, they do a lot of work at once. Yeah, I can make five of the same thing it's in the same amount of time. But that's a skill. So it's doesn't skill. that deserve more Way than $5? More. And this is putting in your body. And, and I'm it, not trying to and damage I have, you. And like... <laughs> The owner has to pay more than $5 per labor. Easily. They're 15 15 An hour for one person. And that's just one person. Walk walk in any smaller restaurant mm-hmm. and count how many people are there when it's slow. At least six. At least six. At least. So what, six times 15 is, I don't know, 40, <laughs> 45. What's 45 times two? Uh, 80, 90. $90 an hour. Boom. That's just on labor. That's just the labor. And that's not even for one hour of them being open. We don't even know if open. we're going to have somebody in the restaurant. Yeah, 
So you're just sitting on food. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Th- there's no knowledge, uh, like a base knowledge of restaurants. There's only assumptions and then final product stuff and more narrative stuff, final plate shit. It's mm-hmm. never like the drums. of and, and maybe it shouldn't be to many degrees because it's not that interesting. People just kind of want to eat. I get that. Well, yeah, um, I, like I don't care what you do at your company. No, for sure. But at the same no. time, if you charge that price, yes, I'm not going to sit there and tell you what you should be charging. No. It, restaurants have that weird thing where everyone knows how to cook a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they believe that they know more than the restaurant does. Of course. Because they've watched Food Network. And that's the ego going in. Yeah. Because, I mean, shit, the circumstances of people going to restaurants are a million different ways. But you're with your family. You're on a date. There is going to be someone ordering the head of the table. There's just all types of – it's the most fascinating thing in a restaurant because the everyday – any person goes in there with a the mentality, tries to flex themselves on, they try to you know push their knowledge on you, uh, someone really respectful, enjoy the meal, life-changing. You get all types of shit in yeah. a restaurant. And as you know, working in there, whether front or back, you're just trying to you know stay calm, stay mm-hmm. consistent put the best shit out from the back in the front. You're trying to give the best service as an yeah. owner. You're just trying to make sure everybody's happy and you're trying to turn profit. But the personalities that go in and the things that happen, it's definitely more than it's super hard. Yeah, it's super hard. it is. You're orchestrating. And, and everyone's every like, night. Oh, well you got to love what you do. And like, yeah, I do. Yes. I do. I generally, yes. and I can't say it enough. Mm-hmm. I have a great time at work. Oh yeah. But let me tell you something. Good vibes. Don't pay my bills. No. I can't go to AT&T and say, Oh, I had so much fun at work this week. And they're going to be like, okay, (laughs) where's my hundred whatever dollars for your service this month? I'm like, well, I had a good time though. Doesn't that count? Did you have a good time (laughs) providing me service? Look, I even wrote down all my good times. I wrote down all my little (laughs) jokes, my inside jokes that we did. This is how many times I laughed. Yeah, I laughed five times. Isn't that worth like a dollar? No, that's what I'm saying. See? But see, that's where I think now it becomes maybe... When you go out to eat, because technically you're not really supposed to go out to eat all the time unless you're at some impasse where you just actually have the means to do it. Well, if I believe, okay, so now we're getting, I like this, because now we're getting back to minimum wage, right? There you go. So if you're on minimum wage, you know, how many times a week do you, should you be able to eat out? Once, maybe. Once at like a Chipotle? Yeah. Maybe, maybe like twice and a half at a chipotle mm-hmm. and if you skip a week you can go to like the nice mom and pop place mm-hmm. and if you nice skip like dinner. two weeks you can go to like the nice nice, nice restaurant dinner. yeah which is down i'm that's fine with me yeah. you spend how your money how you want of course but because you're on minimum wage doing minimum output does that mean you're you're entitled, entitled to eat out as much as you want no it does not no nope. you're doing the minimum exactly you're not doing you're not working for that I would say the medium person should be able to go out once and a half, twice a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe the medium high, yeah, twice a week. Yeah, but that's not how it is. People nah. go out to eat some every day, four or five. Yeah, definitely. I would almost. Argue I've definitely say seen a lot. some customers who they come in Wednesday night was their spot at our mm-hmm. place. They're like, hey man, you're in here every Wednesday. Oh well, you guys are my Wednesday night place. Like, what does that even mean? What is the Thursday, Friday, Saturday? If I'm only like, Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, Monday I go here, Tuesday yeah. I go here, Wednesday mm-hmm. I go here, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday. And they're like, I can't cook at home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's insane to me. That is. I think that's very insane because I think that, that says a lot of things. I mean, not, there's nothing wrong with that. Anybody could live their life according to how they want to do it. But Yeah, you, that's fine. I wish I had the money to go out. That's what I'm saying. But we can't be complaining trying to yeah. make up laws for people to try to sustain that st- type of lifestyle without no. doing stuff like that. I'm not saying that's what the minimum you know, wage thing is, but... By saying that, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, 
when restaurants open, there you sh- every person should be probably paying upwards to fifty dollars every time they sit down. I think that should just be bare minimum because I think that will at yeah. least suffice. Because then each person's essentially paying fifty dollars. That's why you don't do it all the time. Yeah. Because a restaurant doesn't have to be packed to the gills every night. It could just turn two, three times, and if everybody's paying fifty dollars a night. That's not bad. And you would think that, okay, I'm paying 50 because I'm going to pay for an experience that I know I cannot do. Yeah. So that is only going to come few and far between. I would Every love other little thing like in between. That. That's what I'm thinking because then it's would, so underpriced. It's that insane. would breed so many more smaller restaurants and get rid of these big places. Thank you. That are just generic and boring. Yeah. And sure, they're consistent for yeah. sure. And like, yeah, everyone's trying to be consistent and you want to go from city to city. But like, I don't know. Part of the part of the reason to travel is to see how other people live and what they eat and what grows. And part of that is what grows in their region yes. and what they eat in that region. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want to be in Canada eating, you know, uh, avocado toast and shit. avocado toast. What the fuck am I doing in Canada? Or, may- or maybe that's why I like the approach of like taking your local ingredients and using different cuisines, cooking methods to implement like, the local produce. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm going to make a stir fry in Canada. So, so what goes in that? Maple syrup, yeah, Canadian maybe bacon, smoke some kind of smoked fish, poutine, some kind of vegetable <laughs> that's similar. Yeah, and yeah. the poutine's perfect. Poutine's amazing. That's chili cheese fries. You never see cheese curds out here except that Bravo Farm. Shout that's out chili Bravo cheese Farm. fries done Canadian style. So good, so good. It's dank. So good. <laughs> and you know, I don't want to be in Mexico eating eating poutine like I'm going to get in Canada. I want to eat mexican poutine yeah which is i don't know what it is i don't know what that would be but it'd be probably fucking carne asada too. with carne asada queso fries. fresca boom. boom boom that sounds great that's amazing yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying using the local yeah. with the techniques of it. i think yeah in a utopian idea that is ideal it's or just like crazy or like smoke yeah i don't want to go to mexico and have like smoke haddock no i want to have like smoke tilapia smoke with tilapia. agave barrel or something yes. i don't know yes with mezcal yeah. That sound, and they have that it sound out there, way more interesting. But ain't no one talking about that place. Something like that is way more interesting and way more authentic to that area and is going to draw you in to that mm-hmm. culture yeah. and let you actually experience it. But maybe there's more of an incentive now for people to travel because you can document it and people love food and maybe that helps and people because people we don't are in the infancy. Of, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, I would love it. It might not be our generation. Per se, yeah. I think it'll be the generation behind us because you know I I meet people I who hope it's, kids I hope you're are wrong. eating because I, I want to. Eat well, it all. I mean, I think <laughs> I think for us, uh, the people that are already kind of already living that life to some degree, we're already doing it. It's yeah. just more of, in general, it's um, like not mainstream yet. It's not mainstream, and don't get me wrong, it may never be mainstream. But now let's talk about you know the possibilities of to the point where the option would be to you know try to you know lessen the you know supply chain and be like no, that's just standard. Because mm-hmm. we obviously have standard now, and mm-hmm. it didn't start this way. It got here. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about voting dollars and when we're talking about being connected through these media sources and you know everything essentially shifting as it would feel like now, maybe this is the slow thing. That's why I always look to the youth to try to see like where their habits already are. If you know our generations are already parents to many degrees, they're introducing their kids to fucking uni and to mm-hmm. you know fucking ribeye steaks and cooking techniques yeah. i mean this is now it's become medium just, rare thank and you stuff like that yeah so i mean okay yeah. there's at least some progress there i don't know what that ultimately means for culture in the long run but i i i hang my hat on people being more food knowledge based because i think at well, the end of the day it'll help progress. everybody 
That's what I'm thinking. That's how you progress. Because I want to be able to think that restaurants can just charge $50, whatever they do, because I think mm-hmm. that's just more of a baseline price of that could at least cover and we don't have to stress to try to you know keep mm-hmm. people employed and you know, shit like that. I think $50 is, is well worth it to go what, eat out. What comes with that $50 for you for them? If I go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and I, I'm paying 50 bucks, mm-hmm. what, do, what do I get in return? Am I getting just like a basic meal or am I getting like a drink, an appetizer, and my main? I mean, that's up to the ownership, to oh, be honest. Okay. Yeah, because I think in every restaurant, I mean, you know, you have people that do, you know, prefix menus, 35 mm-hmm. courses. You have, you know, a la carte all the way through. You got, you know, all types of ways of dining. I think the $50, I think, would be, and I'm just saying $50, but around that price only because that's an easy way to get people to want to get in a, you know, restaurant biz. And that's a easy, if that's culturally what we're accepting, then we're like, okay, cool. The standard has been set. Mm-hmm. That holds the restaurant accountable. Cause then now it's like, I paid $50 for the fucking meal. It better be good. Ain't worth it. You know what I mean? Well, when you're paying 15, you're like, ah, it's cool. Like when people eat fast yeah. food, I mean, who's really bad yelping some McDonald's? And to be honest, all people fast do food, it all the time though. All fast food has the shittiest reviews. But you're thinking, hey, you're like, it's fucking five dollars. Yeah, of course it's what not gonna be great. Here? That's what I'm saying. I don't go. I don't so go to McDonald's I'm hoping, and expect. I'm great. hoping when it's at the fifty mark or when culture, you know, in a perfect world says that, then you're like, okay, one, we don't eat out a lot. Second, when we do, it's of high quality, and all these restaurants are working hard working happy because the money is now there and it's justified mm-hmm. because culturally we do understand that food is important. These restaurants and these businesses need to stay afloat that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that, you know, in turn, maybe there's not as many restaurants because I want restaurants to survive solely on, you know, restaurant or, uh, you know, customer experience, yeah. you know, as opposed to like, well, I don't know. I got another restaurant. I could just let this float. It's cool. We'll just, you know, yeah. you got this or no, you should have to big, try fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you do something, you should yeah. have to be trying really hard yeah. and, be, and be good at it to succeed. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's subjective to each owner. But I think in turn, that will relieve the stress because you would want the best minds and the hardest workers to want to come to the restaurant world. But yeah. in turn, it's usually like, you know, I just got out of jail or oh, I'm mm-hmm. just kind of working for something, you know, in between time before okay. I become, you know, a lawyer, this and yeah. that. That's fine. You but then I mean? does that worker deserve above Super above minimum wage? Not really. If they're working hard? If they're working hard, sure. True. And that's always going to be subjugated to, yeah. you know, whatever the structure is. But I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, at the end of the day, if before this time, restaurants, I mean, I, restaurants actually kind of worked their way up to some weird prominence. I mm-hmm. think for me, especially, you know, first coming into the biz, there wasn't too many, too many, like, finance. Obviously, being in San Francisco, they're, like, everywhere. Yeah. Coming to Sacramento, they're not as much. And you could say that across the board for about the whole country. But as food culture continues to grow, you'll find these little nuggets of these mid-tier restaurants that kind of operate on the same level as where Applebee's and Denny's, kind of that price point, they kind of float within that mm-hmm. area. Uh, decor, everything else will kind of help supplement possibly more pricing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of tricks to kind of, you know, put your product out there and do that. And that's the beauty of restaurants. But and maybe, you know, I'm just dartboarding and workshopping, but it's just like the culture shift is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people to want to come in and, uh, you know, do the best work and, and continue to try to, you know, improve upon what the restaurant biz, you know, can ultimately be. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to just yeah. what it kind of. So just being the same. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially now I'm like, yo, we are changing. I don't know yeah. what comes well, out of right it. Right now you have a great 
opportunity to push the envelope a little bit because mm-hmm. people in general are more willing to try different things. Exactly. Because not everybody's there's more be knowledge being passed around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can do more like chicken liver stuff because mm-hmm. the market for that has grown because yeah. people are like, oh, it's not gross. It's healthy for you. The yeah, health nuts get not, in there and yeah. put their two cents in. The chefs come in there like chicken liver parfait. They're like, they're like try it, try it, mm-hmm. try it. And try you got it. pictures all day, everybody yeah. chiming in. I mean, yeah. somebody's going to get on those feeds. Almost and every time thinking. I go somewhere mm-hmm. and they have chicken liver mousse, I get it. So good. And almost every time the person I'm with has never had it mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm not trying it. And I'm like, just try one mm-hmm. bite. Mm-hmm. One bite. And I would say 90% of the time, they're like, that is not what I expected. Mm-hmm. That tastes pretty good. Kind of weird. All the time. Yes. I'm like, forget that it's chicken liver. Yeah, Just forget. Just mm-hmm. taste it. Because mm-hmm. if I, I I went somewhere one time and I didn't tell the person that they were going to have foie gras and I just made them have a mm-hmm. piece and they were like, foie gras is bad. I'm like, have you ever tried it? And they're like, no, but I know it's bad. Boom. And I was like, oh, here, try this. The, the chef gave us a little taste of, yeah. of this thing. I think it's really good. You should try some. And they're like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, I forgot. And I didn't forget. Mm-hmm. And they tried, and they're like, oh, my God, that's so good. And I was like, that's foie gras. <laughs> and they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, stuff tastes good, but you can't get caught up in your own, like, I had Making onions one time as a kid, and I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. It's the experience for sure. I mean, every restaurant should embrace a chef's table and an omakase mm-hmm. type of idea yeah, just for every cool. chef to kind of have that outlet. It doesn't have to be everything on the main dish, but have, you know, like I think when restaurants started doing the kitchen in the uh, or the table in the kitchen um, and kind of having that experience and, you know, obviously sushi mm-hmm. being the omakase where, you know, chef's mm-hmm. choice. Uh, a lot of restaurants kind of here and there are kind of adhering to kind of wanting to do something like that. I think that is, oh, I think every restaurant should adopt that to some degree. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be your full menu, but having the option because, you know, as being a chef or owner of something to some degree, you are going to have, you know, plates that you're just going to have to do because it's just, it's, it sells well. Yeah. It's chicken Alfredo. That's what I'm saying. And then, but you also want to have the outlet. I know it draws people in. Yes. Yes. And then I hope over time that they try other things. Trust me to guide you on the journey because you know, you eat probably like how I would like to eat. It's like, Hey, we're here. Do what you do. Yeah, for sure. Send me the bill. Do what you do. You, you send me Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm down restaurant chefs That's how get, I am. they get so excited yeah. for that shit they yeah. love it because it's your time to shine and your time to put out and you know it's the camaraderie thing that's one thing about the restaurant business i think that is yeah. amazing is the hospitality well, and if other people, people. want to get into that here's mm-hmm. the secret okay mm-hmm. you go in you try a place you liked it great go back mm-hmm. tell them hey the first time i came here everything amazing so excited to be here again can't wait to try something else mm-hmm. Okay, maybe the second time they're busy at night, the whoever in charge can't come talk to you. Mm-hmm. You have a gr- another great experience. Call them. You're like, hey, we were just in. You know, you don't have to just write negative reviews. Nope. Call the business and be like, hey, we came in to eat last night. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Literally so stoked. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That alone, I'm getting chilled right now just because like people have done that, and it's just like it's such a bonus. It is. To it's be like small, but it's huge. And then guess what? That third time you come in, I can almost promise you mm-hmm. they're going to know you when you sit down and that whoever in charge is going to stop by your table and be like, thank you so much for your compliments. We're so happy to have you here again. Here's a little treat. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting in that world of like, 
oh, we got to try the, Oh, that was good. Yeah. Oh, what? How'd you get that? How'd you, how'd you, how'd you do that? I just, and then, the place and I then go you're to, sitting I at that it. restaurant to like two in the morning talking what, to people. What everybody likes. Yeah. Everybody wants to go to a place where everybody Everyone wants knows to be in that. Everybody but you got to, you got to, you got to put out. Yeah. You got to be willing to, you got to be very forthright and honest about your experiences. Cause that's how I am. When people, when we could have people sit inside, I was constantly like having a dish that I was working on that was like one fifth complete, two thirds complete. And like the peop- the regulars I see come in that I know I like different stuff. I would just be- bring them out here, try it. Like usually in the prep the container, yep. here, try this. And they're what like, what? And yeah. it's just like not plated well. It was nope. like in a plastic container with it's, like mm-hmm. a spoon that I just threw out there. Here, try this and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. And like an hour later, and they're like, oh my God, that was good. Or, mm-hmm. oh, that was not. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. But you're and still like, working cool. through it. But it's like, cool. Yeah. You know, thank you for trying that. And it, I didn't charge them for that. Yeah. But think of what a cool experience of like you're on a first date and mm-hmm. like you got that repertoire with that restaurant. Boom. They hook you up. Yes. Because let me promise Taste the this, restaurant you think, the trying rapport. to yep. help you get yours. Okay. You. That's <laughs> what people need to understand. Everybody that goes on dates, the restaurant is trying to get you to the bonus round. Everybody trying to get you to home plate. Yeah. That's the whole point. Especially if you're the homie mm-hmm. and you come in and you like tip tip decently and you're just like a nice person. Yeah. They got you. Yeah. They, they they all of a sudden that yeah. like. Prosecco just gonna appear at your table. That's true. And no questions asked. You yeah. just look like the boss. And that whoever you brought in there is gonna be like, damn, yeah. you famous. That's one thing about the restaurant biz is it's hospitality driven. I don't know. I mean, I can't yeah. speak for every restaurant, like the but best wingmans ever. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's prided in there, and it you see it a lot amongst um, the actual you know people within the business, but. And but we enjoy too. being that way. That's what I'm saying. We so love helping as you. As customers we want, to help you. want to go in there, you should be able to. You but know, you got to help us for, a little bit too. Thank you. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Harmony with everybody yeah. like that. Because yeah. the food is the thing that ultimately, at the end of the day, brings people together, whether it's in a restaurant or at home. Treat the food with respect. And anybody who's in the craft and everything else, I mean, that's all what it is at the end of the day. It's yeah. respect. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's going to try to get their dollar, and rightfully so, and there's always going to be negotiating, haggling, this and that. But nutrition and trying to eat and, and all those things are all under one roof. And I think that if we can continue to, you know, hopefully progress, you know, just kind of the awareness at the end of the day. I mean, it's simple yeah. things like the that. Awareness. Yeah. The it'll, awareness. The awareness is huge. Yeah. You, you come in as a customer and you have awareness of like, they're busy tonight. Mm-hmm. I I need to have a little extra patience. Mm-hmm. Patience. Yeah. That they're gonna notice that they that cause I I know it has happened so many times. The mm-hmm. server comes in. Mm-hmm. Can can we get that table out? They've been waiting and they've been super nice about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm I'm get, doing it as fast as I can. We're pushing. Yeah. Let me. Can we get them like a little like deep fried snack exactly. something can, can you get them a little a little beer server a little serve, you know like drink. hey we get you happy hour in your drinks because yeah. you were nice yes yes and you were like aware like oh i'm getting rocked and it's not all about i'm not the only table in here mm-hmm. trust yeah. me the restaurant wants to feed you yes because they want your money they and want then they money. want you to they leave turn, yes and they want your table back yes but they also people who care about what they're doing they want to just help you have a good time because when we go out we want to have a good time because mm-hmm. you're paying mm-hmm. you saved up yeah restaurants know that you're using your hard-earned money and sometimes yeah, yeah it'll lose sight and track obviously in the drums of business but at the end of the day that is really the exchange your yeah. hard work your hard-earned dollars your work units are being spent yep here mm-hmm. and they respect you for that mm-hmm. and they want you back yes they want you back as much as yeah. possible Facts. and to build that it's on the restaurant but it's 
on you to kind of as the consumer to yeah. participate in that. Yeah. And if you do find dismay, I mean, yeah, you could do the Yelp thing and all that, but mm-hmm. there's nothing more better than calling direct. Just do it direct. Every restaurant's going to want to get in your good graces. That yeah. is the name of the game for restaurants in the hospitality business. And if you don't like it. something, it's mm-hmm. totally okay to be mm-hmm. like, hey, it wasn't my thing. I think that wasn't for me. Or for me, that was over salted or under garlic or mm-hmm. whatever. It's okay to say that. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. You know, there's definitely ways you don't just go out there and be like, that was wrong. Yeah. Because let me tell you something, you're not right. Mm-hmm. Because everyone working in that kitchen has tasted that a hundred times more than you, mm-hmm. but it's okay to say, "Hey, I think wasn't this wasn't me. this wasn't right." Yeah, or is it always that way? You know, and if it is, cool. I know not to order it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I've mm-hmm. definitely had customers come in, talk smack about something, mm-hmm. and come back in and order it the exact same way and complain about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Why I'm not that? changing it. Yeah. <laughs> You want me to change you. one dish, and obviously You're everybody not the else only, that loves everybody it. Everybody else likes it this way, and you yeah. don't. So maybe the way I make yeah. pesto isn't for you. Maybe this There's, is all wishful thinking. Maybe we're just maybe like, I'm being too wishful, but, but I'm like hoping this. But is that's where, how we progress. That's how know? we progress. I want. I want every day. Di- I want every time someone comes in to eat, mm-hmm. I want to give them the best meal. That's my baseline for success. Yeah, I mean that's that should be a, a, a credo amongst anybody that enters the biz. Mm-hmm. You know, because what are you really doing at the end of the day? Because you want to just be average. Yeah. Who, who? Nobody. I've never met someone who's like, I just want to be average. No. Deep down, everybody yeah. wants to get. You want to be the point. best one. Thank you. What? Because what? Well, Coming too, in as a too, young cook, everybody wants to. It's too competitive. Well, I'm everybody's the best person. But that's. What but it I want to be the best. Yes. That's I don't how, want someone else to go down you. for me to be. I want them to be better than me, so then I Make can be better, better than them. Steel. But that's because I'm sharp. Steel sharpens steel. Be super competitive, but be pos- in a positive way. Yeah, I think maybe that's where the shift is. Where before yeah. it was competitive to the point where I'm going to sabotage this motherfucker. Yeah. Too. Nope. I need strong people around me to make me stronger. Yeah. And it's you never learn from last them. forever. Thank you, you learn. Yeah. That's some. That's some life shit. That's just what life. That's is. just you like there's yourself. so many disciplines. Yes. You can't be the best at every single thing. Nope. But you can no. be a better person of yourself than you were the day before. Knowledge. At minimum, knowledge. Knowledge. I remember knowledge. we had a chef yell. <laughs> screaming at us one day he's uh, like you should be fucking better than the day you were before not the same and for fuck's sake if you're gonna be the same at least get worse don't just be the same, the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good quote. and i remember That's good. That's good. having to laugh and like turn my head so i could get yelled at because yeah. but uh, but it's true it you know true. why why be the exact same thing that you were yesterday See, what is that you're talking you? life shit now nah, that, nah. well that's that's, that's what you get from working in the restaurant i'm sorry but that's the truth but restaurant and that's what you life. should get if you're happy in your job you're gonna learn life shit every day yeah. because you care about it enough that you can relate it to life you gotta get better every day yeah paulo adamo food junkie radio ryan the Revec. thank you very much sir anything to say to your fans out there uh drink more water boom uh but with your dollar Vote with your dollar, Boom. moderation, moderation, and uh, get better or get worse. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say the same. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, B. Appreciate it, brother.